This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Matt Bolin of Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Tonight I want to talk to you about a simple word, but a word that will change our lives if we'll continue to apply it to our lives. The word is hope. Hope. Tonight we sang a bunch of songs that, that, that talked about hope and what God brings in our lives. And so I want to talk tonight about hope and how God can change everything when we continue to seek after him and watch what he can do. And so let's pray and we'll get going. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus once again. Thank you, Lord, so much for the opportunity to come in here and to honor you, Father. I thank you, Lord, that we are here because, Lord, we are looking to experience you. And so, Father, I thank you that you could help me to speak this message with simplicity and clarity. Father, giving me thoughts and ideas, things that I'd planned on not saying so the lives would be affected and changed forever. And so, Father, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for the blessing that you've given through your people. And, Father, I pray that the gift would just continue to rise up. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah verse 29. This is one of my favorite verses. You know, I find it amazing. God continues to take the little parts of my life, and he, he delivers a sermon. I'll have a thought that'll come through my mind, and all of a sudden, it's, it's everywhere. I start seeing it everywhere. I start experiencing these things. I start seeing these words. It's kind of like the, uh, the thought when you buy a car, no one else in Lubbock has it until you bought it, and then now everybody else followed you along and bought the same car. You just have never noticed that everybody else had it before you, but, you know, they, they all want to be like you, so you know how that is. And it's the same thing here. I, God started working with me, and I was, I, I was doing my study one day, and this word just kept rising up, hope, hope, hope. And I started thinking about this and what hope means in our lives. And then every scripture that I came across, all of a sudden I found the word hope. And it would like illuminate on the page. And God started walking me through a process of if we don't have hope in our life, we really don't have God in our life. Because one of the opportunity or one of the characteristics of God is bringing hope into our world. That's the thing about it is that we cannot make hope. I can make you a cake. Probably won't be very good, but I can make you a cake. But I can't make hope happen. Hope only comes from God. He's the one that gives us the hopes, the desires, the dreams in our life. And this is what God is trying to teach us and help us to understand is that when you start to live by hope, it changes everything. Jeremiah verse 29, or chapter 29, verse 11 says this. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, I have read through this verse so many times. I love this verse. This is one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. I love it. For I have plans for you to give you hope and a future. And I've quoted that so many times. But I said it that exact way, to give you hope and a future. And you know what part I focused on a lot? A future to give you a future. But I want you to think how God shares this. And I'm not an English major by any means, but I do know that there's a couple of subjects that God talks about right there. And one is hope, and another subject is a future. There are two separate parts. God says, I am am here to give you an incredible blessing, to give you direction in your life, and give you hope and a future. And that's what God wants us to get across, is that without hope, Our future looks bleak. Our future looks uh, okay. But with hope, man, our future looks amazing. You know, God always shares different things like, 
movies will pop in my head or, or illustrations, things that have happened in my life as I'm going through this. And one of the things that popped into my head was uh, from a movie called Cool Runnings. Uh, the Jamaican bobsled team. There's a part in the movie where one of the, one of the bobsled members, the teammates, um, he has this picture of a castle. And it's the castle where the queen lives. And there's no way that he would ever have this. But he said, this is my dream. This is what I want to do. And I remember in, in that, this guy said, man, you're so dumb. It will never happen. You can never live there. And I remember thinking about that. And the one guy came up and said, listen, you dream. My father did this, and he did this, and he did this, and now he's one of the wealthiest people in Jamaica. And he walked through this process. But she, the thing that happened is the guy's hope was destroyed. And with a few thoughts of a future that's going to be great, his hope was restored. And you know what God continues to always talk about with us? God always deals with us from the present to the future. The enemy always deals with, with us from the present to the past because he doesn't have a clue what's going to happen in the future. That's why God continues to talk about a hope. That's why we have to trust God in this hope because without it, God changes everything about our lives. And so we have to come in and we have to trust God. First Peter one, three says this, and we're going to put it right up there. It says, praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Listen, we don't serve a dead God. We serve a living, full, breathing, butt-kicking God. I love it. This is my God. My God's not this weak God. My God is a God who is a winner. And I like being on the winning team. That is one of the best things to do. I don't like losing. And I know this, God is that same way with us. He put us on the winning team. You know what? To be on a winning team, sometimes it's hard, but you keep fighting through. You keep doing these things. You keep having hope because you know this, that we serve a God who is a living hope. We keep trusting and believing in God. Now you may say, but you don't know my past. But you know what? If you're focused on your past, then you're missing God in the future. We have to have hope and a future. God never said, I'm a dead God that's in the past. God's a living God in the present and the future. We've got to continue to walk this out and continue to get it. God is continually looking for us to walk out this new hope. He's continually asking us to live this out. There's a few examples in the Bible, and I want to walk you through two people, and I want to show you some different things, and I'm going to talk about some other people that I know in my life that had a situation that came up that could have crushed their hope, but how God continued to bring it forward. There's a gentleman, and we we talked about him. We talked about him on Sunday, but Abraham. And I want you to listen to Abraham because I read something on Sunday morning that I have never seen before. When When I've always been taught, there was Abram and then Abraham. Now, there were two separate names, same person. When you go back and you read that, we understand Abraham means father of many nations. I never realized what his name meant before, but let me read this to you. This is Genesis 17, verse 5. This is out of the Amplified Version, and it breaks down each of the words. It says, Nor shall your name any longer be Abram. High, exalted father is what that means. But your name shall be Abraham, father of the multitude, for I have made you the father of many nations. Listen, Abram still meant father. Now, for years, I used to think that Abram 
was something totally different. I didn't even know what that meant. And so I would look at that and I would think, okay, this is Abram. He didn't, he, he couldn't do this. He couldn't have kids. He couldn't do these things. But you know what? Part of his name was exalted father. So every time that he heard his name, hey, Abram, he heard exalted father. When he looked in the mirror and he said, Abram, you're going to have a good day. He was saying, exalted father, you're going to have a good day. He continued to refer to those things, but he stopped believing in what his name truly meant. Until God had to change it to Abraham. And then when he heard it, it kept reminding him of his faith that God can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. God can do all things if I'll trust him. Nothing is impossible for God. If we'll continue to work these things out through our minds and our hearts, God will change everything. Listen, Abram had hope, but it was crushed until God came in and changed something about his life. He tweaked it just a little bit, changed his name, and all of a sudden there was nothing that could stop him. Listen, we serve a supernatural God. We make a lot of natural decisions. We have a lot of natural choices. We have a lot of natural opportunities. But until we inquire of God, until we add God, it continues to be a natural answer. I'm tired of seeking the natural answers. I'm ready to seek the supernatural answer. And that's what it keeps coming back down to. You can't find hope without God. When you find hope, you find God right there in the middle of it. God's the one that continues to bring us back. Psalms 37.5 says that he gives you the desires of your heart. It says that it's like looking in a mirror and seeing who this person is. That's what God is doing. When you look at God, he's reflecting you. He's the one that put those desires in your heart. Listen, no matter where you're at, God is still looking to give you hope for a future. There was a one of the guys who used to come to church here, and unfortunately, he passed away. Even in his darkest times, those times where, he, where his cancer and things had started to take over in his life, he was still one of the most hopeful people I've ever seen in my life. He still desired to seek God. He still sought after God with all his heart. Even when on, the, on, on his deathbed, he sought after God. He had hope. Because he served a living God. We have to look at God different than we've ever looked before. Abraham got hope again when his name was changed by God. The same thing happens when we start to seek God. Now there was another man who's in the New Testament. His name was Paul. Many people consider him the greatest disciple of all time. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. But I'm going to tell you, Paul and the natural wasn't as gifted as people thought he was. In fact, Paul was referred to as one of the worst speakers out there. And not only that, he literally killed the guy while he was preaching. His preaching killed the guy. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Now you, now you may sit there and say, I, this sounds kind of weird. Let me tell you. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10 says this. It says, for some say Paul's letters are demanding and forceful, but in person he is weak and his speeches are worthless. This is written in the Bible, okay? So let me tell you. Paul wasn't very gifted in this area. Not only that, as Paul's preaching, as Paul spoke on and on, a young man named Echnias, uh, sitting on a windowsill, became very drowsy. He, he was gifted. 
He was gifted at putting people to sleep. He was one to, you know, do those things. Finally, he fell sound asleep and dropped three stories to his death below. He literally killed somebody with his preaching. Paul wasn't as gifted as we all think he was. He wasn't this supernatural guy, but you know what? He served a supernatural God. When God started working in his life, everything changed. He took that natural gift and made it supernatural. That's how Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Not because he was good at writing. Not because he was the greatest speaker of all time. There's a lot of people that feel like, you know, you can come up here and just be an incredible speaker and deliver this message. But I will tell you what, it means nothing without God behind it. If you would have heard, and I've told you this before, but if you would have heard me speak the first time, I, I, I couldn't be up here. You, you would boo me off the stage. You would ask me to get another job somewhere else doing something else. But through God, he's helped me. Not that I'm the greatest of all time speakers, but I feel like I've gotten a little bit better. I feel like I can put a couple of sentences together and I think it only happens and I know it only happens because God has continued to develop that gift. And this is what it keeps coming back down to. Hope, hope, hope is simply this. Hope is a feeling of expectations and a desire for a certain thing to happen. When we have hope in our lives, we have an opportunity for a future. Paul didn't have in the natural what looked what looked good or what it took to make things happen. But through the supernatural, God did something amazing. God wants you to have the faith. It doesn't matter the size of faith. He just says, have faith. Listen, the Bible says that it takes the size of a mustard seed, that much faith to move a mountain. The size of a mustard seed to move a mountain. God didn't say you have to have supernatural faith. God just says you have to have faith. Trust me, believe in me. Have a hope and a future that something incredible is going to happen. Yeah, but you don't know. Not, let's put the butts away and let's start focusing on God. Let's continue to do these things. I know that God's got something incredible. We have to find hope in our lives, and that is only found through God, the Heavenly Father. Jesus was the example that taught us that God is not just a God, that God is the Father. He is the one that introduced us in the prayer that said, Our Father who art in heaven. Our Father. Not our God, this, this far off being. He introduced God as a Father for the first time. And you know what? Just as, just as much as I want good things to happen to my kids, God wants good things to happen to you. God wants great marriages. God wants great parenting. God wants great workers. God wants great managers. God wants great people. And that only happens by every day waking up and saying, God, I thank you, Father, that I have hope in a future. I thank you, Father, today's the day. I thank you that we get to come in here and sing and worship you. Man, I'm telling you, it's something like that that happened tonight that starts to free you, that starts to give you an opportunity to seek God and realize, you know what? He's got a great future ahead of me. He's got a great future. Yeah, but I'm 50-something years old, or I'm 60 years old, or I'm 30 years old, and I've lived this much, and I've done this. Yeah, but those are all the past. God didn't say he's talking about your past. God says, I give you a hope and a future. Talking this point forward, it's time to quit looking in the mirror and start looking forward. Listen, we all make mistakes. I guarantee you, every person in this room, in fact, the last time I spoke on the Sunday, I asked if anybody in this room had ever broken the law, and there were quite a few speeders in here. You, you people, you people. Uh, I had to put my hand up multiple times on that, but uh, God's helping me. God's working. But you know what? God still gives me a hope. God still puts hope in my life. There's great things coming. There are great things coming, no matter what we've done. 
Listen to this. Hope is favorable, confident, happy anticipation of good things to come. Hopeful people are happy, generous, and positive. That's what hopeful people are. Hopeless people are negative, bitter, discouraged, and defeated. Listen, if you found yourself in either one of those adjectives, listen to them again. Negative, bitter, discouraged, and defeated. If you have found yourself in any one of those things, you've lost hope. It's time to regain the hope by seeking God in that area. I will tell you this. Every time I lose hope in an area, it's because I've turned away from God in that area. I have taken God out of the equation in that area. And I've sought it on my own. God says, I will give you hope and a future. When we lose our wealth, we are hindered. When we lose our health, we are handicapped. But when we lose our hope, we are emotionally paralyzed. When we look at our health, finances, relationships, family situations, or joblessness, and all look hopeless, we must not give up. God continues to say, I will give you a future. Proverbs thirteen twelve. if you have your Bibles, go ahead and make your way there. Hope talks about the future. Hope gives us something to look forward to every day. Hope is what allows us to get up in the morning. Hope is what allows us to go to work every day. Hope that something great is going to happen. And listen, when God says something great is going to happen, he's not a liar. He continues to bring great things into our world. Proverbs thirteen twelve out of the Amplified Version says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire is fulfilled, it is the tree of life. Sprouting up, producing fruit, doing amazing things is what God is saying right here. Hope deferred though. Now I want, to, I want you to help, help you understand this thing because God started walking me through a process when I read this scripture. Hope deferred. Deferred is a choice that a person makes. And I want, uh, let's take this out, but I'm going to use the word deferred. I have a friend of mine who had retired and uh, had, had been blessed enough during his job that he was able to make enough money that he really didn't need his retirement at that moment. And so the retirement company came to him and said, what would you like to do? And they said, here's your options. We can start sending you checks now, or you can defer your payments. You can defer those things till later on, and we'll pay you this much starting on this date. Well, the person looked at it and realized that if I defer this now, I can get my decisions made back. I can make more money there. And so they deferred the payments and made better decisions and and, and more money up there because they didn't need it right now. Now, who chose to defer it? The owner. Not the company. Not the business. Not their neighbor. Not the mortgage lender. It was the owner. The owner is the only one who can decide if they defer something or not. So when we reread this verse, we look at it and we understand it totally different. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred. Who deferred it? I did. I deferred hope in my life. I'm the one that made that choice. And now you have to look at yourself and realize, just as I had to look in the mirror and realize, I had deferred hope in my life in certain areas. Why? Because I'd made some dumb decisions. I'll be honest with you, I've made a lot of dumb decisions. And I look at those things, and when I look at those decisions, and other people may refer to those decisions as sin. When I make dumb sin decisions, 
you know what? I still have to get up in the morning and realize I can live in that sin or I can have hope that God still loves me and that I can have a future with God. I have to choose to make that hope a reality in my life. Just like each one of us have to look in the mirror and realize, do I have hope in my life? When I read those adjectives and I said those things about being negative and and, and any of those other areas, if you find yourself continually being negative, I will tell you this, hope is not found in your life. We've got to make the change, though. And that's what's awesome about serving a God that we serve. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire is fulfilled, it is the tree of life. Out of the English Revised Version, it says, but a wish that comes true fills you with joy. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when a wish, when the hope comes to reality, it brings joy into your world. It's about the choices that we make. This scripture simply tells us it's about our lives, about our choices. As we walk through it, God does something incredible, but it's a choice that we make. Psalms 33, if you'll swing right over there real quick. Psalms 33, this is such an incredible set of scriptures right here. And, you know, one of the things that has helped me throughout the years is that I always pick out a scripture. I I really, if something hits me, if I'm doing a a study, if I'm in a sermon, if I'm getting ready for a sermon, if I'm, I'm listening to a message that somebody else is sharing, and I have a scripture that I'm like, man, that was good. I stop whatever I'm doing, and I write that scripture down. And then over the next couple of hours, I'll pull that out, and I'll look at that scripture, and I'll reread it. And then I'll think about it in my mind, and then I'll reread it, and I'll think about it, and I'll reread it, and I'll think about it, and reread it. The reason I'm doing that is because I know God is preparing me for something. He's helping me to get ready for something. And that's where you take Jeremiah 29, 11 and realize, listen, I may feel bad today, but I know I've got a hopeful God who has a hope in me. Therefore, I have a hopeful future. We've got to continue to trust in those areas. But until we continue to get that scripture in, that hopeless situation will continue to look hopeless. So if there's scripture that we say tonight, I encourage you, memorize it. Memorize it. Study it. Do whatever it takes. Get it in your head all day long so that you can walk away and you know these things. Psalm 33, listen to this. We're going to start in verses 4 through 6. And it says, For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice, and the earth is full of his unfailing love. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made and the starry hosts of his breath of his mouth. Listen, what it's talking about is we serve a pretty amazing God. That he created everything. That all of this around us, that he not only created this stuff, he still loves us. I've talked about this before, and the reason why I shared that scripture is because that is one of the scriptures that drives home my, in my life. That scripture that reminds me that God created the heavens and the earth, that God created every single star. When you look out there tonight, when you get up early in the morning and you walk out there and you look and you see the moon or you see stars, you realize very quickly, man, I serve an amazing God. I am so blessed because not only does God love me, he created those. And if he created those and he created me and those things are that amazing, how amazing am I? And you know what? If I serve a God that can create something like that, I think this situation that I'm dealing with right now, I got hope. I got hope. I've got faithfulness and I've got trust in what God's doing. 
skip down for time's sake. Go to verse 11 right here. It says, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purpose of his heart through all generations. You know, I like that scripture because it doesn't matter how old or young you are. He's talking to you. All generations, all generations. He's going to be the same. Guess what? His plans are for you. What do we read in Jeremiah 29, 11? Oh yeah, that's right. You have a hope and a future. They're the same plans that are talked about right here. They are going through all generations. No matter where you're at, you're still at those points. And we'll get to the very end right here for time's sake. I'm just going to read it here. It says this, Psalms 33, verses 17 through 22. It says, and a horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Listen, what he's talking about is this, is a vain hope for deliverance. That means when we rely on our strength, it's a vain hope. Because in all reality, we don't have the strength to bring hope into our lives. The greatest thing I can do is drop to my knees and trust God. Despite all its great strengths, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him. And in those whose hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from the death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Listen, what that talks about is this. There is no situation that God says is too big for me. There's nothing that God said is too big for me. Now, I look at these things, and I have to realize that God is doing something incredible if we will start to put hope back into him. Listen, I have made a lot of natural decisions that have made bad, deci- bad, bad outcomes. I've had bad outcomes in those areas. One of the best ways that God helps me to understand this is this. When I first got an iPhone, it was uh, um, the iPhone 4S, and I was all excited about this. Well, now that iPhone 4S that I put all my hope in and was like, this is going to be the answer to everything I've ever desired in my life. My joy is going to be complete. Guess what? Now they have the 5, the 5S, the 5C, the 5Q, the 5P, the 5, you know, they have all these different things. And I'm going, man, I just got the 4S. That's what happens when you put your hope in the world. It's ever changing. You can't ever catch up. Well, if I get this, then I'll be happy. But then this comes out. Well, I'll sell this and I'll get this. And then I got to sell this and I got to get this. And I sell this and I get this. And you look up and you've hoarded. You're, you're a hoarder. You've got everything. You've got all this stuff. But you have no hope. That's why I serve a living God. Not a dead God that the world serves. I serve a living God who gives me hope and gives me faith and helps me to live this life full of him. It's about trusting and relying on what God is doing. So I'm going to ask you to simply look into your own hearts. And I'm going to ask you a simple question. What is God saying to me tonight through this message? What areas maybe am I lacking in? What areas am I needing to deal with some areas? What am am I needing to open up more to God? We need to ask the question, God, what are you trying to say to me tonight? And so if you would bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe tonight as I was talking, uh, you realize that, you know, this hope thing, it's a good thought. But in my life, it's never been reality. The reason why it's never been reality is because I keep screwing up. 
And I know this, that if I was God, I couldn't love myself. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. You're not God. And God loves you beyond your goofy mistakes that you've made. Because you know what? Every one of us look in the mirror and we see the mistakes that we've made. But God looks beyond those and says, I see the person who's inside. Let me show you where to find your hope. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.